Peters, or is it? I don't know. Who are we? I'm your host, Marissa Cantor. And with me, as always, is Sam Chung. Hello. I sprung that mute. So I recorded that music and I have not shown anyone the music before. And so Jermaine is here with us. And Jermaine, your face. I don't know what that music was, but like, <laughs> I would take another stab at it. <laughs> Um, I, I have notes, Sam. I have notes. You have notes? You didn't like that song? It's, it's not the best cue. You know, it's it's it, it's very... Have you ever seen Bring It On? Yes. And you know, before they do the... When they find out that your um, routine is like stolen, the song starts with like, prepare for world domination. Yes. That is what that opening is given. Well, so... My inspiration was like, so we're here today to do a preview and you like the view. And I was like, it needs to be something upbeat. Like we're at a live show. That is not what they do at the view. It's not what they do at the view, but I guess my only cue is Megan Kelly. <laughs> too soon. Sam. Too soon. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm still traumatized too soon. <laughs> Oh my god. All right. Well, we can take another stab at the music. What like what kind of vibe would you want? I don't know. I just know I don't want that. Um <laughs> maybe you should have like watched the opening for the view. Well, now they have like a um song, but I don't know, something a little more with some more melody and like keys. I don't know, Sam. Okay. All right. Well, we can take another stab at it. We can come we can come in with a different theme song every time <laughs> until until you get it right yeah, until we get it right yeah okay you keep saying we but i'm not a part of this okay i just want to make that clear i had nothing to do yes with that situation that's fair all right i wanted to do this because <laughs> there's so much content you know i was just looking forward to may Jermaine. i was curious to hear your thoughts i'm curious to hear marissa's thoughts as well so that i know what i can prepare for this upcoming month um, but I think going through this exercise, what you realize is just there's so much content. There's more content than I'm ever going to be able to watch. It would take me at least probably a year to watch all of the content that's being released just in May. So it's a really cluttered landscape. So I wanted to try and synthesize it down into, you know, our top five new shows that are coming out, our top five movies that are coming out, and then our top five streaming services overall. So that's kind of the premise here. We'll just kind of quick run through um, what we're looking forward to for May 2022. And for context, today is May 1st that we're recording this. So we are here at the top of the month. We haven't seen any of this stuff yet. So hopefully our picks aren't terrible. Looking forward okay. to it. All right. So there are three categories. So Jermaine, which category do you feel like your list is strongest for? What category would you like to lead us through? Probably TV. I think TV. that's where I have the most options because, Sam, you did spring this on me last minute. I did. I did. So, TV. 
Okay. TV for 200, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marissa, what about you? What what category will you be kind of taking the lead on? Oh, wait, we're taking leads on each well, category? Think, like, it feels like, you know, one person can kind of like take us through their list first. And, you know, I feel like there might be some overlap between everybody's lists. So I feel like, you know, if Jermaine, you take us through TV and then Marissa and I can, you know, subs, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like add to that with our own lists. I feel like, Marissa, you said you were pretty light on movies, so I can go through my movie list, and then you guys can go through your movie lists as well. And then, Marissa, if you want to go through your top streaming services for the month, then you can go through your streaming services, and then Jermaine and I can chime in with our thoughts on how our lists compare to your list. That will be the most winged of the three for me. Oh, that's the most winged of the three? (laughs) I didn't even really think about that yet. But, sure. Okay. I, can sure. do it. I thought we were going to go around and do like a, I thought we were going to hit about one it. category at a time. At a time. Well, we can, I mean, that's what we are doing essentially, but you know, someone's got to go first. <laughs> You're making okay. this more complicated than it needs to be. All right. Well, you know, we're just trying this out. We'll, we'll figure it out as we go along then. Let's start with TV. So May, I feel like is a pretty big TV month. There's a lot coming out this month and there's a lot returning this month, but Jermaine, should we do five to one, like start at number five and then work our way up to number one? No, because I don't have like a list in in, in order. I oh, okay. I didn't, rank, I didn't rank them. You didn't rank them. Ranking is the most important part. <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't know to rank them. Um, okay. But May is a big one for TV. They call it May Sweeps. Mm-hmm. I learned that from watching soap operas. That's when like the most like dramatic things happen in the soap operas is like May sweeps. And I think there's a, like a September sweeps. So it's like basically the beginning of TV and the end because May is a lot of season finales. So May is like a really big month for TV. Do you want like just me to say my first show or? Yes, please say your first show. So I didn't rank them, but the the first things I the first show I did write down was um, plug here, Sam, a Peacock show, Girls Five Eva. That show is weirdly very very funny, and uh, what's her name, Renee Goldsberry? Is that how you say her mm-hmm. name from mm-hmm. Hamilton? Yes, like very funny. That's her Ellis is in it. It's a show that I feel if. For people don't who know don't know the concept, which was like basically like a girl group from like the early nineties. Their song, their one hit, was like sampled <laughs> by a rapper, yes. and they became popular again. They're like trying to like reclaim their fame and stardom. It's a really funny show. It's a really good show, and I just feel like it doesn't get a lot of attention because people don't know where they can find it. Like I feel if this was on a different platform it would have like blown up mm-hmm. bigger because it is one of those like quirky offbeat shows that, you know, like the Emmys love, but like nobody's watching it. Totally. I don't know if you've watched it. Yes. We both watched Girls 5. Ever. I really enjoy that show as well. It's a, it's Tina Fey, right? Tina Fey is Tina behind Fey created, it. Yeah. yeah. Tina Fey is behind it. I think. Yeah. And so I feel like that'll, that alone speaks to kind of like its caliber. I've never seen 30 Rock. Okay. FYI. I've yeah. never seen not one episode of 30 Rock. And when we were pages and people would say, oh, Kenneth, I'm like, <laughs> I know the reference, but like means nothing to me because I've never seen an episode of 30 Rock ever. But no, Girls 5 Eva was, was a fun season one. Yeah, I put that at the top of my list. 
top of your list as well. Number oh, one. Oh, the top. Oh, okay. Actually, well, I kind of I went into it where it was like I gave returning shows that I'm excited about like I more pull than new shows because you don't know what the new shows the new shows Fair could enough. end up being a miss. But yeah, okay. I know that I'm excited for this show. I know that the songs are bops. Yeah. I know that I'm here for it. And for all the reasons Jermaine said, I can't wait. Yeah, fair enough. Your lists are different than my lists because I only put new shows on my list. I know what I can expect from the old shows. So I put only new shows on my list. I have some new shows on my list. This is not, wait, what is what is your top ranked show then, Sam? If- my top ranked show is I Love That For You um, on Showtime. It's uh, Vanessa. It's like a semi-autobiographical show from Vanessa Bayer, starring Vanessa Bayer from SNL fame, and yeah. it revolves around kind of like her. You know, she was she's a childhood cancer survivor, and her dream job is to be a a host of like a host on SVN, which is kind of like a fictional version of QVC. Yeah, to be Lori Grenier. To be Lori Grenier, essentially, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I think that that show looks pretty funny. It looks like it could have some really emotional moments too. I'm just very excited for it. The the one problem is we don't have Showtime, so I'm going to need to get Showtime to actually watch it. I was going to say my takeaway from this is we need Showtime because that's like my top ranked new show as yeah. well. I think it sounds really good. And I just, I love content where the plot hinges on a lie. Like I know that that's very like, some people love it. Some people don't. Like, yes. I love writing younger. about that. <laughs> I I think when it works, it works really well. And I think it's very, yeah, from like so, a character perspective, it's so yes, compelling. That's the, that's, the pre- that's the hook that I didn't get to. So basically, um, it turns out she's really bad at hosting <laughs> her show on SVN. Like, she gets the opportunity and they're about to fire her. And she says that her cancer came back. <laughs> and <laughs> Which it did not. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm excited about that one. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Vanessa Bayer in like a starring role too. I feel like she hasn't really had that opportunity. There's a lot of good shows on Showtime. I have Showtime. Show like there's a show on Showtime that's on my list. So show, Showtime turned aside. They have like a lot of good shows. I was watching the new Dexter, and there's mm. like a show that I have not watched, but I've heard a lot about called Yellow Jackets. I've heard a lot of good things about Yellow and Jackets were too. For that. I started watching the Uber show about the fall of Uber, mm. but I didn't really like the first episode. I think Jordan, what was his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt was overdoing it a little with the acting. So I was like, oh, I'm going to dip out of that. But there's a show that I think started last week called The Man Who Fell to Earth on Showtime, mm-hmm. which I do want to watch. Um, but Showtime, they do have some good stuff in rotation. Yeah, I feel like they make a lot of good stuff. It's just, I don't know that many people who have it. I have Showtime. Jermaine has, Jermaine, you have it. Um, So yeah, that's my top new show. Jermaine, what else is on your list? As a new show? Well, not necessarily a new show, but either a new or returning show. Well, it's a, it's a new show that started last week, but will continue into May, which, and I guess that counts. Mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield is in Under the Banner of Heaven, which is on AMC. I haven't watched it yet. The first two episodes are out and it's based on a book by John Krakauer and it's set in like Utah, the Mormon church sort of like serve as a backdrop. 
and it's about the murder of a girl. <laughs> and well, I shouldn't laugh. Um, <laughs> Andrew Garfield. I don't know why I just laughed. Apparently, Andrew Garfield has been like the detective who's like trying to solve the murder. It's based on a true story, but his character is fictional, and he is with like most religion because it's in the Mormon setting. He now has to like question everything he grew up believing about his religion to try to solve this murder. And it just looks interesting. And I'm going to watch it because, you know, Andrew Garfield's having a little resur- what's it called? resurgence. Like he did the Tick, Tick, Boom and the a Spider-Man. Moment. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's in the Tammy Faye movie. It's just like he's just everywhere now. Oh, I didn't realize he was in that, the Tammy Faye movie. Yeah, he's the husband. Though I don't know if you just saw that he announced, like, he had his moment and now he is taking a break from acting. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, well, he was on The View. <laughs> Speaking of The View, he was on The View last week. And he said that that was just a misinterpretation of what he said. Like, yes, he's, like, taking a break. But it's more of, like, as you can see, he just did, like, a bunch of projects. Clearly right. one behind the other. And he's like, okay, it's time to, like, relax. Take a break. And then find new stuff to do eventually. But it was like, he's retiring. And he's like, no, I think that headline is just not true. So yeah. he did clarify on The View. Clickbait. It's, yes. Uh, Marissa, I feel like we haven't gotten a lot from your list. What? So I know you had you had Girls 5 Eva on your list. What else do you have on your list? Let me see. Well, my the other returning show I have is season two of Hacks. Mm. Loved season one. Gene Smart, a legend. But another new show that I am intrigued by is um, Conversations with Friends mm. on Hulu, the new, um, the latest Sally Rooney adaptation um, starring Mr. Taylor Swift himself. Mr. Taylor Swift, Joe Alwyn. <laughs> Mr. Taylor Swift. Oh, good for him. <laughs> did you watch Normal People? I didn't. I did not. I still will at some point, but we tried to watch it and you were just like, no. And then Normal People I, was a little slow for me, but you feel better about so you feel better about conversations with friends. I don't know that I feel better per se. I like the cast and I'm just like I feel like there's more of a hook in terms of it's about like a young girl who kind of comes into and messes with this marriage. Okay. I don't really love like cheating stories in general, but I don't know if Mr. Taylor Swift is involved. If Taylor Swift wrote a song for it, did she write a song for it? I think did so. She write I thought a song Phoebe Bridgers wrote a song for it. Phoebe Bridgers. Oh, I'm thinking about where the Crawdad sings, which yeah, is you're another about the wrong whole show. thing. Oh, <laughs> it's the That's a movie that apparently is getting some negative. Yeah. Well, the author. There's a whole scandal with her. Like the author of the book. Maybe a murderer. <laughs> oh, love to see it. <laughs> so the book is about the murder that she allegedly committed. No, the book is about something totally like it's two separate things. Like the book is just a, bo- a work of fiction. But the author who wrote that book may be a murderer. In what context? Like how? The, what was the? What's the alleged murder? I don't know enough about it. I just know it came up at one of the book festivals I attended in the last two weeks, and I was told to look it up. And I did not. We're getting way off topic. <laughs> but regardless, conversations with friends, Hulu. Um, the what's her name? The actress who played the horrible head headmaster in the most recent season of Sex Education. 
Oh, Jemima Kirk. Yes, she plays Mr. Taylor Swift's wife. I thought she was really great in sex education <laughs> because she was horrible. You're just going to call it Mr. Taylor <laughs> yes. Swift the whole time? <laughs> yes. Okay, well, we live in this freaking misogynistic culture where women are always called Mrs. Whatever. Like when you fucking call like a mall Mrs. George Clooney or like- I've never called that enough. her Mrs. George Clooney. I'm, just say- I'm not saying you have, but like the culture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that scandal and you're like, no- like he should be lucky to be married to a mall because like exactly the work that she does is just mind-blowing yeah so yes i'm gonna call joe alwyn mr taylor what if you jinx it what if you jinx it and they announce that they break up like tomorrow and it's all because you i don't have that much power (laughs) mr taylor swift yeah um all right so also so on my list of new shows the second show on my list after i love that for you is the essex serpent on apple tv and i'm curious about this show because it's a show that originally had kira knightley as the lead actress and then kira knightley dropped out and claire dane stepped in and i'm always curious about shows that have a lead actor who drops out to see how they adapt and you know to to kind of imagine would I have preferred Kira Knightley to Claire Danes, but I am also excited about the pre- uh, premise. So um, it's based on a book that I haven't read by Sarah Perry. Um, it also stars Tom Hiddleston, who I'm a huge fan of. And basically it involves kind of this beast in, uh, I believe Scotland ish, like somewhere in, in, in the UK, you know, there's a mythical serpent and they eventually kind of suspect that this lead actress, Claire Danes, is causing whatever this serpent is to, like, infect the local population and attracting the beast to to the town. So I'm curious about that. I feel like Apple TV Plus is on a pretty good streak of, of shows recently. So I'm looking forward to that one. I don't, I, I, I I'm not real. The only thing I've ever watched on Apple TV Plus is the morning show. And my Apple TV Plus, the free subscription, ended. Mm. So I don't know where we're going to go with that. Um, Fair enough. Well, Jermaine, how about this one? I have another one for you. Here, let me, let, me, let me introduce this premise to you. Fact about the show number one. It's narrated by Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> the premise, it's a reality show. It's a reality dating okay. show. And the premise is... A group of UK-based singles with a diverse range of personalities and sexual orientations sign up to spend a term at Lovestruck High, where they're looking to flirt and hopefully find romance. The main goal is to find a date for the prom and be crowned prom royalty with a $100,000 prize on offer for the winning couple. Lovestruck High on Amazon Prime. That's a hard no for me. (laughs) Like, I'm fascinated. What is that? It sounds like just like a a wild. It's like Love Island, but in a high school. It sounds bizarre. <laughs> so they're teenagers. These people aren't teenagers. They range in age from like it seems like 21 to 30, but they do go back to high school for this <laughs> for the setting of this reality show. It sounds so bizarre, weird. <laughs> but I'm fascinated. So, like no, that's uh, I, the the formatted date. Like I've not. There's like the show on. Netflix that everybody's talking about called The Ultimatum. Mm, yes. And I'm like, I, I, I just can't watch that. The Ultimatum was a wild ride. Yeah, it took over <laughs> our life for two days. Really? Yes. Yeah. How many episodes are there? Eight or nine. 
I just couldn't because like I remember I, I watched the first season of Love is Blind as everybody did in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh my God, this show is just, the people are so crazy. And the ultimatum was given that vibe. And I'm just like, I can't engage because I know somebody's going to make me furious on this show. And I just cannot put my energy into <laughs> you it. You would be correct. Yeah, you were that, correct. It was sense. crazy. Not to get too down the ultimatum rabbit hole, but I think what was most... What was, the, what was the craziest thing for me was that a lot of times when you have a reality show, it's like a closed ecosystem and they they try to yeah. limit outside forces as much as possible. The ultimatum just did not care. So much happened off camera when they were just like about town. Like they'd be like, oh, you tried to make out with random girl who's not even in the show at this bar. And like, I'm mad about it. It's like, what? It was so weird. And also just the fact that it was filmed at like, a Marriott in downtown Austin. <laughs> like there was no like like it was what? it was so like overtly just like them living in hotel rooms. Yes. I, I'm fascinated by this being the choice that the Lachets are making for themselves mm. in being like the couple at the helm now of these like Netflix chaotic reality dating shows. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, I, well, I, I couldn't watch that. Marissa, will you watch Love Struck High with me? You know it. <laughs> Narrated by Lindsay Lohan. That's wild. <laughs> All right, Jermaine, is there anything left on your list? Well, I have another new show. Sure. Another, surprisingly, another Peacock show, Angeline. Okay, Angeline just missed for me on my list of top five. I... So, for anybody who doesn't know Angeline, she just like this woman who just became very popular in the 80s because she just like put up billboards of herself <laughs> all over Hollywood. And like bleach blonde hair, like her boobs are like huge, tiny waist, like her hooker heels. And she was just famous for like nothing. Like before, like she was just, and she drove around in like a, like a pink Corvette and it was like, who's Angeline? Who is, and like, she was just like so famous and like everywhere. And she like did some, you know, appearances here and there, like some like B-rate films, but it's just like an interesting thing that I can't wait to see because that was a time before social media. And she literally was just like putting up billboards all over Hollywood of herself. And it's Emmy Rossum from Shameless and Phantom of the Opera, if you want to go back that far. <laughs> and it's been, it's actually been in production for quite some time, but I think COVID kind of stalled it mm-hmm. for a long time. But I'm interested to see where that goes. Yeah, that one looks really fun to me too. It looks like, I love the color palette of the previews. It reminds me of kind of like a David O. Russell movie, like American Mm -hmm. Hustle or like any of those, you know, like kind of like 80s period, like quirky, eccentric kind of shows. Emmy Rossum's like unrecognizable, I feel like, as Angeline. Like if you just showed me her, I'd be like, it would take me a a couple minutes, I think, to realize that it was Emmy Rossum. I'm looking this up because I don't know a lot about this, but I'm very intrigued now. And I love Emmy Rossum. It's the most bizarre one of the most bizarre of like why is this person famous stories in famous story in Hollywood. Like she was just everywhere at the time when, you know, what the mid eighties and like the early nineties and it was just fantastic. Yeah. Her just like being everywhere. Definitely. 
We've talked about four of the five shows on my list. So number one, I had I Love That For You. Two, I had The Essex Serpent. Three, Love Struck High. I had Conversations With Friends at number five. Number four, I had to do it. I put down Obi-Wan Kenobi. You know, there's been... (laughs) I had to do it. I feel like the Star Wars shows, you know, mixed results. I love The Mandalorian. I was not a fan of Boba Fett, but I am a fan of Ewan McGregor. Can't say I'm a, the same level fan of Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen is coming back. You know, I'll watch it. I'm excited for it. <laughs> I'm not a big Star Wars. Like, I just saw the first... Well, I started watching the new ones with Ray, the girl. I'm like, mm. oh, what is this? I'll watch it. And my boyfriend was like, oh, you need to watch the originals. I'm like, I don't want to do that. But I ended up watching, like, what is it? Episode four, five, and six, whatever. The original trilogy, yeah. The original the original trilogy. Trilogy, and they were good. They were fine. You know, not the best graphics for CGI, but like for the time, it was like ahead of itself. And then I was like, "Oh, I need to go watch the episodes one, two, and three because I haven't watched the final new one with the girl Daisy. What's her name? Daisy, whatever her name is, Ray Daisy Ridley. Yeah. And somebody said, "Oh, you need to watch like episode three because something from the Revenge of the Sith." is a thing in the final and you might want to be able to make that connection like i don't know but i've not gone gotten around to watching it so i'm not i didn't watch mandalorian i didn't watch boba fat well i feel like you'll have a little bit if you would watch that you'll have a little bit more of a connection with obi-wan kenobi because this movie is it, it takes place between episodes three and four um so between revenge of the sith and a new hope so it kind of like fills the gap between Anakin becoming Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker kind of, you know, becoming Luke Skywalker. Marissa, did we did we cover everything on your list? Um, I have one more show on my list. Okay. But I will say on the Obi-Wan front that Star Wars is just one of those franchises I will never care about. Like, <laughs> yeah, I put, I don't know. I can only pick, like, one, like, major franchise. I put all my eggs in the Marvel basket. We Me did the, too. We did the, like, watch every Marvel movie and, over hey, the pandemic. It's a big Marvel month, too, which we'll get to, I'm sure, in the movie section. Um, yes. But, yeah, I don't know. I just, Star Wars has never been that girl for Fair me. Enough. The last show on my list is a show that you actually put on my radar, the Netflix show Welcome to Eden. For me, I, I still don't really know what the plot is based on the trailer. <laughs> it's, like, all vibes. It's, like, a Spanish language. Um, it's It seems like a... The next evolution in like the teen dystopia. Yeah, it does. Genre. It very much does. Oh God, there was a show on Netflix, a teen dystopia show that I started to watch, but I couldn't finish. And what was it like? They went on, like a field trip, and then they came. They the field trip got canceled, and they went back home. And went back home, all the adults were gone. I, I know what you're what talking called, about, but it was so bad. The acting was so bad. It was so bad that I couldn't watch it. No, I only made it through like the first episode. I know I what you're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, this show, like you said, Spanish language. So they, it seems like they bring a bunch of teens to an island for some sort of like retreat. I don't know if it's like they draw them there with like a social media hook or something, if they're supposed to be influencers, but they bring them all to this island and then the teens cannot escape, of course. <laughs> yeah, I think that... Um, For me, these days, one of Netflix's biggest strengths in their content is their foreign language stuff. I saw Um, someone describe what they they were like, this looks like a more chaotic elite, which I don't, is that possible? I thought elite was already pretty chaotic. Elite is, (laughs) 
unhinged. I mean, this most the most recent season of Elite was like it strayed so far from how brilliant it once was. I was like, this just needs to end. Yeah, but I'm down to try it. We'll yeah, see. we'll check it out. Uh, I know there's so much TV. It was called The Society. The Society, yes. Okay. On Netflix, and I did not get into it. I also don't watch Elite. I Netflix. Listen, the thing with Netflix is the secret to Netflix is I think you're right. The foreign language stuff is like getting a lot of play now. But I feel like Netflix, as far they're so far gone from making like quality TV shows, they're just like pumping out shows. And certain shows like break through because everybody watched them and they become bingeable, like Bridgerton and like Invented Anna. But Netflix is just tapping into human psychology, where is that they just keep putting stuff out and then you say, oh, I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to eventually get to it. And then you just keep Netflix because you keep telling yourself that you're going to watch it one day. And mm-hmm. I feel like that is what Netflix, that is the Netflix strategy now. They just keep putting things out mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, I'm going to watch that. Like, I watched Making a Murder season one and they did a season two. And to this day, I have not watched it. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to watch season two of Making a Murderer. Well, I did the same thing with Tiger King. I don't think they didn't need a season two for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Jermaine, did we get through everything on your TV list? No, the, the, my other shows for TV was just like returning shows like Stranger Things. Yes. And I think that's a final season, which, you know, I really enjoy that show, even though it's a ripoff of Super 8. And then I had like RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars and MTV's The Challenge All-Stars. I love that show. I still watch a challenge on MTV. And now they do, oh, same. They do, the, All-St- they do the All-Stars down Paramount Plus, which is just like, the people who started doing the challenges when mm-hmm. they were like 22 doing it like when they're 45 <laughs> <laughs> and it's so good to me to feel so more authentic but that's my tv um mix of new and a mix of your we're pretty late challenge converts yeah but um, we, we we made our way in yeah and it's it's addictive it's hilarious it's good <laughs> all right i think as we said huge month for tv I felt like not so much for movies. This is a pretty light movie month. It is a very light movie month. And I was even like looking to like, what's coming out in May? And I feel like we all have the same number one well, movie probably, for May. Yeah, probably, I think. Which is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, absolutely. And Reluctantly. <laughs> really? I just like, I'm really mad that I'm, I was not a big fan of Doctor Strange, like, first movie standalone doctor strange was not my favorite marvel movie no i would agree with that and i'm just like very upset that i'm now so wrapped up in the mcu (laughs) that i now do need to go see marissa i have even worse news for you as someone who's not even as fully wrapped up in the mcu as you could be apparently sir patrick stewart as Professor Charles Xavier will be making an appearance in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which means that you may have to get also entrenched into the X-Men universe. <laughs> yeah. It's, to it's really so understand the Multiverse of Madness. This is so annoying. <laughs> right. No, listen, the first Doctor Strange movie, not the best. You know, it's fine. Um, but I feel like a lot of the first movies are not the best. I agree and then with that. when they start, like, intertwining the characters like to me iron man became more of a better character and a better story through like avengers and the captain america movies yeah you know um 
the Multiverse of Madness, well, one, I'm probably going to watch it in the movie theaters. I'm going to risk COVID to catch it, to watch it. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, do I want to wait for it to come on Disney Plus? It would probably be quicker if it came on, you know, but I might go watch it in the movie theater after, like, you know, a COVID hiatus. Mm-hmm. But Multiverse of Madness is just fascinating. But the thing that annoys me about it is, I don't know if you watch the Disney Plus show What If? I we watched like an episode. It's hard to note like I what I'm always confused about with what if is like is this canon or is it just a standalone thing? Like fan fiction. Like fan fiction, yeah. Like how what is it? It's it's basically well it's animation which made it very hard to watch. But it's <laughs> it's it's what if like this happened instead of that like what if I think you, I assume you watched the first episode. Like, what if Stephen become Captain America, but Peggy became Captain? So it's that, and as and as it goes on, they switch. Like, what if? What was the other ones? Like, what if? I saw like, what if? What if T'Challa was Star Lord or something like yes, that? Yes, they yeah. did that. Mm-hmm. But the they the Doctor Strange one, which you probably need to watch the rest of it to like get into the multiverse because it really started setting out the multiverse. It's like, what if Doctor Strange didn't, didn't lose his hands? He lost his heart. What that was, was, you know, in the movie, the he met in the car accident and he couldn't operate again. And that sent him on his journey into the mystic arts. And in what if, it's like, what if that wasn't, what if instead of that happening, Rachel McAdams' character died? So that was the what if. And what Doctor Strange did was he kept going back in time to prevent her death. He kept using the the, the the stone, whatever, to go back in time to prevent her death. But every time he did it, she ends up dying because she has to die. Like, you know? Mm. And in that, he created, like, this ripple effect because he becomes all-consuming with trying to stop it, and he becomes, like, Dark Doctor Strange. And he creates, like, a universe where she's alive and it becomes unstable. I don't know if I'm remembering all of this correctly. And basically there's a watcher played by what's the guy's name from the show, the HBO show Westworld, something right. He's the one who like programs the, the robots. So he plays the watcher and he's like overseeing everything that's going on. And basically the watcher cannot interfere. So what happens at Dr. Strange end up like trapping himself and this universe where the girl is alive in like Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Mm -hmm. In like a mini pocket dimension. So then it becomes the last two episodes like what if Ultron won? So Ultron wins, he defeats the Avengers, he conquers the universe, he's done it all, all the worlds are destroyed, and he's by himself, like his mission is complete and he has nothing to do and he's just like they're in the universe alone and the watcher is watching and basically the watcher watches the entire multiverse and ultron somehow picks up that he's being watched and then he realizes that this is not the only universe here's a multiverse and he gets into the multiverse to start destroying other universes and that's how you get introduced to the multiverse concept in the mcu what annoys me with Doctor Strange, this Doctor Strange movie is like, what else are you going to do with it if you did so much with it in What If? You know, who, what is the big bad in 
the 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 yeah. madness in the multiverse movie. But I'm excited to watch it. There's gonna be a lot of cameos, you know. If you watch Spider Man, what's it called No Way Home, you kind of like rip the multiverse apart. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited for that. It's it's just you know I don't know. I, I geek out seeing all the different people coming together. Like I'm excited that the X Men are gonna be in it, or at least Professor X is gonna be in it. I mean, I could see Hugh Jackman showing. Hugh Jackman's always there. He always shows <laughs> <Yeah. us> up. <laughs> Whenever it's like X-Men, it's like, oh, Hugh Jackman's here. Marissa, I'm peeking over at your list. You have Doctor Strange at number two. My number one movie, and this is very driven by just like nostalgia and like who I am at my core, is um, the Netflix movie Along for the Ride. Um, based on the Sarah Dessen novel by the same name. Um, I can't have anything else at number one. Sarah Dessen <laughs> is my queen. Like she is the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing. Her mm-hmm. books had that kind of impact on me growing up. Um, I reread along for the ride in the lead up to this movie and realized that like not a whole lot of plot in that book. So we'll see in terms of the movie. But I have high hopes because Sofia Alvarez is at the helm. She did To All the Boys I've Loved Before, which I think still is like one of the most perfect like contemporary rom-coms like that have come out in the last five years. Yeah. So I'm very optimistic that it, with her direction and vision that this will be what I want it to be. I mean, we'll know. So that movie comes out May sixth. May sixth, the beginning you know of I May. Know so it. you'll know very soon. <laughs> you know, I know <laughs> it. The premise is essentially this coming of age story about a girl who is a very type A, high achiever, perfectionist. She had a lot of pressure put on her by her parents, who one is like um, in like academia, the other one is like a novelist, and. She grew up in this environment where she like felt like she never got to be a kid. She was like just like a mini adult. And then she goes to like a small beach town for the summer and she meets she meets like friends for the she gets a group of friends for the first time and just gets to she learns how to ride a bike. She learns how to be a kid. And of course, there's like a cute boy involved. Of course. Um, Yeah. Played by I'm very excited about this casting choice. Um. Relatively newcomer Belmont Camelli, who played Jamie in the Saved by the Bell reboot, which I really mm. enjoyed. I'm very high on the Saved by the Bell reboot. Oh, God. Um, and I was very high on his character. <laughs> You're giving me a look, Jermaine. <laughs> the Saved by the Bell reboot. Ooh. I ooh. I met with somebody recently and they said, oh, I love the Saved by the Bell reboot. I'm like, you do? I thought it was very cute. As someone who has like, not i don't have the strongest attachment to the original i do so that that might be the difference i used to watch that every morning before school (laughs) what can i say the reboot hit for me i thought it was cute and breezy but i'm very excited for along for the ride i couldn't nothing else could be my top choice fair enough i had along for the ride on my list at number three Three actually. Wait, you'll actually watch this movie with me? That is shocking. <laughs> Sam never wants wa- to I watch rom coms. I will watch the movie with. I will watch the movie with you. I think it it speaks to how few movies there are <laughs> <laughs> this month. <laughs> but also pretty high on my list, I had a movie called Emergency, 
Um, Emergency is a movie that is described as like a comedic thriller, which I feel like is always two very fun genres to combine. It's based on a short film that went through the Sundance like festival circuit. And then Amazon ended up buying it. They ended up making it into a feature length film. It stars uh, RJ Cycler. I mean, I feel like I'm most familiar with him maybe from like me and Earl and the dying girl, but he's been all over. And it also stars uh, Sabrina Carpenter and it stars Donald uh, Elise Watkins. Basically the premise is there there's these two black seniors in college and they're about to go off for spring break and you know, they have everything planned out and then it's going to be legendary. Uh, they accidentally leave the door to their apartment um, unlocked uh, after they go out to like pregame and then they come back and there's this unconscious white girl on the floor and they don't know. They're like, we can't call the police. This looks so suspicious. So it's a, it's a like social commentary sort of like comedic thriller about kind of like how they deal with that situation that, you know, got pretty positive reviews at Sundance. And so I, I'm, I'm encouraged about the feature length version of the movie. Okay. I might watch that. So that'll be on Amazon. All right. Um, any other movies we want to highlight this month? I have Chip and Dale Rescue Ranger on Disney+. Plus. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yes, yes. I, I, I co-sign. No, I, I grew up watching that little cartoon. I know the song. Same. I, won't sing, I won't sing the song. Um, <laughs> also, my middle name is Dale. And all my oh, I didn't know friends, that. My friends used to call me Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers in, in, in school. And, you know, I, I, I just want to... Like Disney Plus, outside of the Marvel situations, it's just nostalgia for me. It is. It's. 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 It's fun. This is so inappropriate. <laughs> it's so inappropriate because you know all the nonsense that's going on in Florida about the don't the don't say gay bill and like their little battle with Disney, and talking about like Disney is grooming kids to be gay. I'm like that is so inappropriate and such bullshit. However. The Disney Channel was my gay awakening. Those boys <laughs> were very cute. And we talked many a times about Ricky Ullman. And we can talk about Ricky Ullman again. But like Disney Plus is just my nostalgia place. And like I'm excited to watch Ship and Deal Rescue Rangers the movie. And yeah. I'm just in it. I love that pick. That's, yeah, no, I am also. <laughs> I should have put Chippendale Rescue Rangers higher on my list because I actually am very excited for that movie. The Disney Plus movie I put on here, and I don't know why. I don't know why I put this on here. I put Sneakerella on the list. It's like sneaked into the top five. It's like a retelling of Cinderella, but like the Cinderella is like a, a young man um, who designs sneakers. Oh. But honestly, when I think about it, I would probably rather watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers than Sneakerella. Yeah, that Sneakerella trailer was not great. Yeah. It stars the young girl from uh, Little Fires Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, Lexi Underwood. Lexi Underwood. Yeah. I don't know. I want to I want to change my pick to Chippendale <laughs> Rescue Rangers, too. Marissa, do you have anything else on your list? You know I, you know. Oh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Another thing that I am super hype about that Sam is not hype about, but I will probably force him to watch it with me, is the um, Spring Awakening, those you've known, documentary on HBO Max. I'm just not a big Spring Awakening fan. Wait, is it about Spring? Isn't it more like about 
The Return of Broadway, or is that a different documentary I'm thinking about? That's something else. This is exclusively about Spring Awakening. Spring Awakening, and it was they did a they re the original cast reunited for a one night only concert. Fifteen is this years. This Leah Michelle and Jonathan Groff. Yes, okay. um, and then there's also like so I think it's gonna be part like clips from that concert, but also it's a documentary about the making of and sort of the unexpected popularity of that show. And the moment that it had in what I guess two thousand six. You're looking at me like Eight. I know. I don't know. <laughs> time. What is time? Yeah. Um, what was fifteen years ago? A long time. That's a long like, time. Yeah, that's forever ago. Yeah, is a, a lifetime. I want to say two thousand eight nine ish. Leah Michelle was doing Glee or just started Glee. I want to say. And yeah. I think she did Spring Awaken in like maybe two years before Glee. I'm not sure. But. Yeah. So that puts you in the right timeline. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just have my own nostalgic attachment to that show. Yeah. I love that original cast. So many of them. I mean, we don't need to talk about the Leah Michelle of it. Like, we all know. We, <laughs> we all know. <laughs> we all know. But like Jonathan Groff, John Gallagher Jr., Skylar Aston. Like, I feel like. The show was like, it was a moment. And I know you don't like it, but I do. I, <laughs> I, I feel like this. Was that colored by the NYU production that it we was saw not, of it? Well, but <laughs> that was an interesting production of it for sure. I feel like it's just more colored by a problem that I have with a lot of musicals. A lot of the songs just feel like filler for like the main plot to have a rest for a second. But, you know, it is a problem with a lot of musicals. Was, That's my, it's my gripe with the genre overall. Was the first half better though? Was the first half of Spring Awakening better than the second half of Spring Awakening? I don't remember well enough, but I would lean towards yes. I would yes. lean towards yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's normally my, my assessment. So I will be watching that. That comes out in like, I think like two days. I think it's like May 3rd. Um, will this podcast even drop before? I'll do my best. I'm seeing... Oh, I don't even have that on my list. I didn't consider that a movie. <laughs> it's a movie. All right, we can consider it a movie. We it's a it's a it's a sparse month, so we can stretch the definition of a movie. I guess it's like a documentary. Is a documentary not a movie? No, I guess a documentary is a movie. You're right. You're right. Yes, it is a movie. Does it get a category at the Academy Awards? Yes. Oh, you're therefore. right. It probably will get recognized at the Academy Awards. <laughs> I don't know that this one specifically will, <laughs> but we'll see. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Jermaine, what? Do you have any other movies? I have no other movies on my movie list. There are movies that I want to watch, but not that, that already been out, but I have no other movies yeah. on my movie list. So the last movie that I had in my top five was Operation Mincemeat. It's like a World War II sort of like comedy uh, based on a true story. It sta- uh, stars Colin Firth, uh, who I love, Matthew McFadden, uh, who Marissa loves. <laughs> <laughs> Also, Jason Isaacs and Johnny Flynn are in this movie. Johnny Flynn? Johnny, Yeah, your friend Johnny Flynn, Kelly McDonald, Penelope Wilton. Um, it's basically uh, a movie about uh, this British uh, troop, and they have to find a way to kind of like trick uh, Hitler into thinking that they're going to do one thing instead of another. And so the plan revolves around like using a dead body filled with letters that they're going to send, and it really revolves around them making Hitler believe that these letters are real. Um, it looks funny. It's going to be on Netflix, so I won't have to go buy a ticket to see it. 
Um, so I'm excited for that one. Is this cast going to make me watch a World War II movie? Because I might, am yeah. like decidedly over that as as a genre. I yes, I know it's yeah. I, it's not your genre, but I do feel like the cast could. I feel like the cast could swing you for sure. Colin Firth and Matthew McFadden. I hate <laughs> war movies, and I just have specific gripes with World War II movies specifically. But yeah. Not a not a huge month for movies, which I think brings us to our final category, which is streaming services. So in the in the world that we live in, there's an increasing amount of streaming services. Um, a what? lot of yes, <laughs> R.I.P. CNN Plus. Oh, um, CNN Plus. <laughs> um, and so people are people are looking for advice on where to spend their streaming dollars. Sometimes people are you know doing one for a month maybe taking one off for a month. Um, and so for the month of May, if people are going to subscribe to the best streaming service with the most available to them, most new content available to them in that month, how are we ranking the streaming services for the month of May? What, what is the, what's the top streaming service that people should uh, invest in for May? Hulu. You say Hulu. Hulu is where it's at. Um, well, you can get all the episodes, well, mostly the ABC shows that they after on Hulu, but Hulu's pumping out some pretty good content mm-hmm. uh, recently. Like, you know, there's Pam and Tommy, and there's the the one with um, Amanda Seyfried, isn't it? The oh, The Dropout. The Dropout, I haven't watched that yet. It's on the list. I jumped over that. I'm currently in the middle of the girl from Plainville. Okay. Is it Hugo? Yep. The story about the girl who encouraged her boyfriend to commit suicide via text message. And I'm fat. Like, every time I watch this movie, every time I come across this story, I'm fast. It just, like, pulls me. I've seen the Dateline special. I've seen the HBO documentary. And now I'm, like, watching the TV show. Yep. And it's just so crazy. I was watching the first episode of this. And I, I don't know if you know. Do you know the story? Well, yeah. So we, I mean, like, we're from... Massachusetts. So that was really dominating like local news at the time too. Like oh. it was everywhere. So in the, in you know, obviously they added a little stuff for this. But I was watching the series again, the series. I mean, I think I'm on episode 4 now. And then the first episode it ends with her like cuz you know she was like really obsessed with glee. <laughs> and she was like using Finn's death as her emotions and there's like uh at the end of episode one she is in the mirror and like they have like leah michelle rachel Berry performing to make you feel my love and she's like singing along in the mirror and she's like so distraught <laughs> like, oh my god i forgot that she was obsessed with glee and then that that's started wild. to like be that was like her her like where she would pull her lines and emotions from to like talk about this boy's death and in the last episode I watched before I started doing this podcast, she was like, you know, he was just too big for this world. He was my star. And her sister goes, is that from Glee? <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing so hard. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I forgot she was like, you know. But Hulu is just like pumping out content and not bad content i've not watched a dropout but i'm pretty sure amanda sideboard's gonna win an emmy for that role and they're doing it a way now how this is how you know they know they have good content they're not waiting for one show to end Mm -hmm. to launch the next show 
there's like they're like overlapping and releasing shows like Summer of Soul was on Hulu, that documentary that got upstage at the Oscars by Will Smith. Um, that was on Hulu. So I feel like Hulu is where your money should be at right now. There's a movie that I'm going to watch. It's called Fresh with Sebastian Stan. Um, yes, the cannibal like movie. Yeah, Cannibalism. Yes. I haven't worked my way up to watch it yet, but I'm going to watch it. Um, but I don't know. I feel like Hulu is, I'm, I'm investing my time in Hulu right now. Fair enough. I had Hulu at number four. I think one for me, for May, if we're looking at May alone, it's Netflix for me. Like, start with Netflix, Stranger Things comes back, another season of The Circle, Ozark just dropped its final season, or the second half of its final season. We have all the aforementioned movies uh, that we talked about between Along for the Ride and Operation Mincemeat, Welcome to Eden on Netflix. Um, We didn't really talk about uh, Mike Myers, like, kind of like cult comedy, The Pentaveret, which is coming out. So I would lean... I think Netflix for the month of May would be top of my list. Mostly, I feel like it's mostly weighted by Stranger Things, though. <laughs> yeah. It's the only thing I'll be watching on Netflix in May. Yeah, Netflix just keeps pulling you in. It's like such a toxic relationship. It is. It really is. It um, is. <laughs> though I will say, I mean, the most recent show that I just blew through on Netflix was Heartstopper, and it mm. was adorable. Um, my, my queer little heart loved it. Um, here for it. Give me more. Yes. It's very cute. I don't know if you know what Heartstopper is. No. So it's no. based on a YA graphic novel and it's just like a queer rom-com situation. Like the oh. entire main cast is queer. It's British. It's very cute. And it's just like about like a shy boy and a guy on the rugby team who fall in love and get to be cute. That was an episode of The Grassy, just so you know. <laughs> the Grassy's also on HBO Max now, all of the the seasons. And I was watching yes. season two the other day and I was like, shit, I forgot how intense this show was. <laughs> I was like Degrassi because, was wild. So in season two, like season two, you know, Paige got raped at the party. And I was just like, what was I watching as a child? Because this is so intense. Is that the is that the JT? No, that happens later with JT, right? The JT gets stabbed. No, JT gets stabbed was like season eight. But like When does Jimmy get was, shot? Is that season two? No, that was like maybe season three or four. And it was just like the because I'm like remembering like as you mentioned Jimmy getting shot. I remember like the guy who shot Jimmy was just like this he dated Terry and like he was like abusive and control. I'm like, what yeah. was this show yeah. that impressionable minds were watching at the time? <laughs> um, but like and you know HBMS is gonna like start doing new episodes of the grassy, but I was just watching and I was like, damn, this show is intense. Grassy taught me everything I know about everything. I, yeah. I'm telling you, um, it was wow. Well, Heartstopper is not that, and <laughs> <laughs> it's very fluffy and cute, and like I'm here for more of that. Like speaking of Hulu, the movie Crush just dropped, which is like a sapphic rom com from Plan B, and I've heard good things about it so far, and I'm gonna watch it probably today. So Marissa, did you have time to rank your streaming services? Did you have a top one? No. 
No. I mean, when I think about, if I just think about it in terms of where I've been going lately to watch stuff, I feel like HBO Max is up there. Yeah, I had HBO Max at number three. A lot of like returning shows for HBO Max, I think, are the reason that that I'm drawn to HBO Max. Between Hacks coming back, The Flight Attendant came back. Not loving season two of The Flight Attendant. I haven't started it yet. I would say to me, it's a bit more manic, and I don't part. I don't like manic energy. Okay, it's it's like one of the reasons why I, like I was. It's not like a nice thing to say. Like I was never like a Robin Williams fan because I found him too manic in his performances. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that sort of energy. Um, but yeah, I think overall HBO Max definitely has a lot to consider for this month as well. Jermaine, at number two, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. For me, I have Apple TV Peacock? Plus. Oh, Apple TV Plus. I have I Apple TV Plus. That was not, no, not Peacock. Peacock is not in my top five. I have Apple TV Plus, And you know how much I dislike Apple. You have criticized me. Because I years. don't like texting you, and I don't <laughs> like when you're in a group text because you ruined the entire flow of the text with your green bubbles. I will say, for the month of May, I think, Jermaine, you should consider resubscribing to Apple TV+. Plus. If you haven't watched Severance yet, it was great. Pachinko was a great show that just came out this past month. Obviously, we have the Essex uh, Serpent coming out. We have David Attenborough's Prehistoric Planet coming out on apple tv plus i love dinosaurs so (laughs) (laughs) so there's so much happening on apple tv plus shockingly apple tv plus maybe (laughs) maybe are there any we didn't talk about here i mean you know for me it's just like you know disney plus currently watching moon knight how is moon knight manic oh (laughs) (laughs) the word literally it's manic it's 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 really interesting it's 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 a different take on the marvel it's a little darker i think uh and then disney plus is like so apparently love victor is going back to disney plus i saw that yeah Yeah. and i'm like so i'm confused is like going to disney plus after hulu because so disney plus acquired all the netflix marvel shows Mm -hmm. yes and they have to put a disclaimer because they're like parental whatever guidance and like apparently the people are upset that kids might have access to it but apparently love victor is going back to disney plus and i'm like so can lizzie mcguire please have sex now thank you (laughs) that was my first reaction (laughs) and i'm like can we go back to getting this lizzie mcguire thing up and running like can she have the affair with the married man or whatever was happening? Like, can we just like get that sorted out now? Because if Love Victor is back, get, yeah. let's do Lizzie. Um, Love Victor also should have always <laughs> been on Disney Plus. That was like Disney truly showing their asses. There is nothing about that show that is in any way, shape, or form too mature for Disney Plus. Unless you're just telling, like, what you are saying there is that queerness as a concept like if they just sexualize something that was not no i mean they do have sex in season two they do yes but like also i don't know the thing that really got me all riled up about disney plus is i don't know because of rights and like territory stuff like pam and tommy airs on disney plus in canada yes and i'm just like okay but like what (laughs) yeah 
And I what? watched him and Tommy, and I was like, oh, my God, career eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. Disney Plus is weird. They just need to – but I, it's it's my nostalgia. You know, where I go when I, like, want to, like, yeah. remember the good old days. Yeah. For sure. So that was actually – we've now talked about everything in my top five. But, Jermaine, you mentioned Peacock, and your top show was Girls 5 Eva. And Angeline was in your top five. Did Peacock is Peacock in your top five streaming services? Um, I watch Peacock every day because that's what I watch Days of Our Lives. Yes. And for those who want to know, the devil is still possessing people in Salem. <laughs> uh, so I do watch um, Peacock every day because that's what I watch Days of Our Lives. And that's what I watch, like, you know, they brought back Lord and Order. That's I watch it the day after on Peacock. I mean, I, I watch a good amount of peacock and if you're a baseball fan i think peacock bought a bunch of baseball rights as well mm-hmm. i am not yeah, who but, cares? <laughs> but if that's your thing you know if you are a big baseball person i know that peacock has some baseball games as well all right cool well this has made me very excited for the month of may there's so much to watch hopefully if we if we do this again next month we can spend maybe like five minutes just debriefing on all of the stuff we've talked about today and how it actually, how we actually, you know, how it actually all went down. Yeah. I think that's it. That's our preview. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. Thank you, Jermaine, for helping us with this preview and sharing your, your thoughts about TV and movies and streaming services with us. Happy to be here. And Jermaine, you know that on the way out, we're going to play your favorite song again. I was just thinking like, oh my God, <laughs> is the song going to be played again? Yes, it is. <laughs> you know it is. Jermaine, the song is going to play again. <laughs> Oh, my God. Jermaine, will you join us next month for June? I will be back for June. You'll be back for June. Awesome. Jermaine is going to be back on the preview for June with a new theme song. But for now, (laughs) it's happening. 